0: centerlefttalkradio.com. What do I mean by on air and online? No, we are not being broadcast uh, uh, over airwaves by NBC or any of the other major carries. We're not on air that way. But we are, we are, better than metaphorically, we are, yes, we are digitally, but we are on air in the sense that the way you access us if you decide to listen to us as a radio loop show, feels it, it may as well be on air, because that's how you get there. You go to the website, or you, or you find it, it's already in your phone, it's somewhere, and you hit a link. Granted, but what you get in the end, what you get as part of the listening result is a show that's at whatever point it's in, in the radio loop, and you listen, and you enjoy, and you hear what we have to say, and, and you get interested enough to wanna to wanna wonder where it was going or what it was prior to where you picked it up. Well, the great thing about that is that all you have to do is wait maybe three seconds after the show ends, and it starts over, that's, it's a loop. Of course, the other option, the first link at our homepage uh, is the podcast loop, and there you go ahead and pick up all of our podcasts. What you're listening to right now, this, this podcast, will be the first one on the list that you see there. The radio loop, of course, will be this show as well, assuming... That not a lot of time has passed since from the time uh, that I'm recording this, to the point you're listening to it. If it's months, nope, nope, nope. No, that won't be the case. If you're if you're looking, if you're listening to this show as part of a, a historical reference point, no, it won't be the first show at the top of the list of the podcast. No, it won't be uh, the uh, the show running in the radio loop, but it'll be there. There's about 40 or 50 or closer to 60, I think, shows that are available in our RSS feed, as it's called, uh, that you can listen to at any time you like. One way or the other, however and under whatever circumstances you're listening to us, wherever you are, car, uh, office, any place, headphones, jogging, whatever the case may be, welcome. Welcome to Center Left Radio, and of course, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts from by just looking for Center Left Radio. Um, We are invariably, we are invariably in a Donald-ish mode, have been for for some time now. Uh, Donald, uh, there was a period there was a period of time when it was, you know, don't give him attention. As you give him attention, you're simply elevating uh, him to a position. And if you, you know, don't look and ignore him, and maybe I don't know about that, he'll go away. But his significance will drop, and and his and his hold, his stranglehold on the Republicans and everything he represents to them, will somehow be diminished. We'll we'll have he will. He will somehow recede into that place, that world, that realm where people like him should go. Namely, to oblivion or prison. Take your choice. Because it's clear the guy has everything in the world going against him from the perspective of a candidate for the presidency of the United States. Everything but the unabiding unchanging unwavering worship of the republican party and 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 and, and there've been so many um, shows and and, and thoughts exp- you know there, there there's been hand-wringing at at the very least <music> over how it's possible that that anyone, that any any individual, any any group of people, much less the entirety of an American political party, one of the two major political parties of this country, would embrace a guy like this. And 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 that's it. And then the head scratching begins and and I don't know, maybe a little breast beating gets th- uh, in there, eventually, why haven't we done more? How did we let this get this way? What's going on? And it, it, it all—it ends sort of uh, when you hear these things happening on, on on TV shows or or talk shows of any kind. There's always this kind of. Uh, in in the end, it's just you know a quandary. It, it's it's what it's a what the hell moment. How did we possibly get here? And it's it's us, I guess. It, it's 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 people of we'd like to believe of, of rational thought processes, non Republicans, Democrats across the spectrum of every stripe, and from the far left to you know to the center right, and I'm center center left, okay. But everybody recognizing that this this is a ridiculous place that we're in and a dangerous place when one recognizes what this guy is saying he wants to do to the major institutions of this country because they could possibly go against it it's 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 the thing we started saying about 3 years ago and i was i was absolutely it worried me to say this i i felt that i was being almost uh, an american or i was i was i was breaking some rule some some law when i actually reasoned to the point where my mind then triggered my mouth to say you can't have donald and america at the same time it's an either or situation it says it's a, a zero sum equation you can't have both because he will not permit America as we know it the democratic institutions that we know the judicial systems the law enforcement systems none of that is permissible in its current form because it doth offend Donald who basically is now as the days and weeks go on beginning to reap finally the the the, the he's reaping the the results of his actions during his presidency, before, after, all the different lawsuits that are there. He's, let's see now, he's a, con- he's a civilly convicted rapist. Uh, he's being reconvicted because he can't shut his mouth, and he basically pulled the same crap on E. Jean Carroll again, tried uh, to get her uh, second lawsuit against him dismissed, tried to sue her for something, that got dismissed. She's going to sue him again, make more money off of the guy. This time it could be big bucks. Uh, Because the second time around, the judge may actually allow what we allow in New York State to go ahead and to really hurt someone. It's punitive damages. And to do that, you go after a substantial part of their wealth. It is punitive, and especially a second time around. Now, that's not until I gather sometime in January that case gets heard. Okay, we have three criminal indictments against this guy. We have the New York State thing for the Stormy Daniels situation, roughly in the same sexual league. Michael Cohen has already been in jail, for went to New York State prison for 18 months for that one. Donald Trump was unindicted, co-conspirator one. And he was the the linchpin and the reason for much of what Michael Cohen went to prison for. In fairness, Cohen also went to prison for stuff involving messing around with the sale, I think I recall, of uh, taxi medallions or, or something or other. It was all part of that. But definitely the Stormy Daniels stuff, that was campaign violation, that was Absolute breaking of the law, etc, etc. This time Donald's up for that. OK. And he would probably have somewhere in the range of an 18-monther coming if he loses on that one. That one starts in March. OK? Now, I don't know what their delaying tactics will be on that one. That's what Donald does. He delays, delays, delays. You have two more criminal indictments. You have the Mar-a-Lago case. By every reasonable legal review standard, slam dunk, it's all there. You have the January 6th case. By any reasonable legal standard, all the reviewing that's been done, all of the, the real scholars looking at this, slam effing dunk. This stuff has been put together by uh, Jack Smith of the Justice Department, special counsel for the Justice Department. The stuff is absolutely, gorgeously assembled. You could not have statements of criminal activity more exquisitely laid out. Slam dunk! And the guy keeps to this day, Trump is yelling and screaming, I won the election, it's a fraud. He's threatening, he's threatening judges, he's threatening the prosecutors. No, not even in in, in really, really subtle ways. You come after me, I'm coming after you. The worst mob boss crap in the whole world. And yet, yet, with all that. He has a according to I think it's a it's a Quinnipiac or a a Marist poll this morning that came out this morning, he leads his nearest challenger for the Republican nomination for president. He leads Ron DeSantis by 43, 43 points. Trump at 50. Six or something like that. I'm sorry, Trump at 59% of the likely uh, Republican uh, primary voters. DeSantis at 16%. And then the numbers of the remaining uh, five or six or seven other people, Chris Christie's in there, Asa Hutchinson's in there, uh, Raman Swamy is in there, and a a bunch are down in single digits everywhere. You can find, I don't know, just look for familiar names, you'll see them all crouched in together. There will be a first Republican debate. Is it in the next week or two? Uh, right down to Mike Pence. They, everybody's qualified, but Donald has already said he's not going to show up. Why should I show up is the rationale. This, this is, why should I basically grace my grace this, this group of, of lesser-thans with my exalted presence? Why should I take any risk whatsoever? Why should I allow Chris Christie to eviscerate me. And he could. Now, again, I'm, I'm no great Chris Christie fan for a number of reasons, but he was a distinguished federal prosecutor. He put uh, Kushner's uh, dad, Jared Kushner's dad, uh, went to prison for a bunch of years through uh, Chris Christie in Jersey. Uh, And and he basically could out-argue Donald in a heartbeat, and and does. He's got a a hell of a big mouth, and he knows what he's talking about when he decides to speak and enunciate and think clearly, when he's not, well, he spent too much of of a period there kowtowing to Donald. And if you were to put he and Donald on a platform together, Unless Donald were able to get away with yelling and screaming and thumping and over-talking and one-lining and maybe calling Chris fat or something really infantile like that, if Christie were actually able to make points, and Chris is not afraid to open his mouth either, obviously, well, Donald would suffer. Donald would not do well in anything that even came close to being a debate. And I could imagine a situation where pretty much everybody else on the stage, including DeSantis, especially DeSantis, would shut up and let Chris Christie have at him. And I imagine this is the same image that Donald has in his mind. But Donald has another image in his mind, and that is that he's got fifty nine percent and Chris Christie has got something like three percent right now, and Donald will laud that over everybody, and this is what this is the wedge this is that that he'll be using and 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 i I keep again we're back to the same question: how did we actually get here? How did Donald smell the amount of fear that was necessary to catapult him into the 2016 nomination? How did he he sense just how vulnerable the Republican Party was as a party to allow him to run the type of campaign he ran, to just basically knock out all other opponents. How did he figure out how to do that? And having done that, having gone through one cycle of president, having been eviscerated by, he lost by three million to Hillary, he lost by over eight million votes, to Joe Biden now continuing and yelling and screaming and how, how has that behavior captivated defined uh, completely completely mesmerized the entire, the enti- uh, the, effectively, the entirety of the Republican Party. The Republican Party is supposed to be about law and order. It's supposed to be about decency. Yes, it has different plans in mind about how these things might happen. But it's supposed to be above all else Law and order, justice system, policing, the military, all of these institutions of maintaining structure and stability in a country, these are the things it identifies with. It is in precisely the opposite sphere at this moment as we speak. Donald is attempting to destroy the justice system as it exists, or the court system as it exists, or anything that's in his way as it exists, and will reformulate it in the way that he would like it to work to help him. The Republicans have to know this. They, they They must have noticed that Donald is thrice indicted at this point, they, they, they must have noticed this by now. They must have noticed the nature of the criminal complaints against him. They must have recognized that there are people in their party who basically are trying, if they had a chance, to say, look, what the hell are we doing? What's going on here? We can't continue this way. And yet, we wake up and a, I think it's a Marist poll this morning shows Donald with 59% of the likely Republican primary voters, and his next trailing rival, the, 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 the utterly unlovable Ron DeSantis at 16, who basically absorbs all the other oxygen in the room, so that by the time you get to even considering a Chris Christie, Between the sheer madness of what Donald represents and the total contradiction of all party values, then the 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 uh, comparative—I mean. You'd have to call Donald appealing to call if you're looking for a point of, of of differentiation. I guess okay for the sake of for the sake of the argument, Donald appeals in this in this megalomaniacal narcissistic way, smiling, bringing people in, getting them to cheer and whoop and holler, talking about how he'll have vengeance and revenge and and destroy everything that's ever been at him, and I'm I'm standing between them and you, all that. That, then on the other side of Donald, you have DeSantis, who basically is as lovable as, as I don't know what, he's, is is just the most unappealing personality I've ever seen. Between the two of them, you have over 70% of the Republican primary vote, and the rest is sprinkled among uh, Nikki Haley and Chris Christie and Aisha Hutchinson and uh, Raman Swamy. I, I don't even know who the hell he is, but he's somewhere out there. He actually has a—he has a better number than than Chris Christie does. That's for sure. I don't know much about the guy. Uh, th- This—how? Why? 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 Is and, and, and you have oh and you have the evangelicals of course lining up just, just beating down the church doors to get in line to, to to sit up straight in the pews or or maybe to walk to two two by two down the center aisles of every little evangelical church in America, singing a singing the praises of uh, Saint Donald. Over what? He is antithetical to everything that I ever grew up with in a very conservative Catholic environment. There, you couldn't be more antithetical... To Christian values Christian dicta treatment of women treatment of treatment of law treatment of everything respect for authority my God all of the institutionalism involved you couldn't have a more contrary character than Donald and to the notion that he would be embraced by the most conservative of christian groups is again this is insanity so we're back we're back to the same starting point how the hell did republicans get here and well how did we all get here how how could this happen and apparently The efforts to answer the question end up with huge question marks in the air. No one ever seems to have an answer. It's always an emotional kind of a response that is ultimately elicited. And it's us, them. So if you're talking to Trump supporters, he's been wonderful for us he did so many great things he he's just been so good as a and 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 now if, and if you go from that to well uh, could you be specific you know that you won't get specificity it's just not going to happen so i'm i'm proposing a a new line of of conversation, of reasoning. And again, we we are ultimately, much like, much like, you know, they had the deprogrammers that were involved uh, with a lot of uh, the cult movements of the 60s and 70s and 80s. You heard about kids having to be deprogrammed from the Jim Jones sect of whatever the hell they were. I've heard there was was a certain, there was a period when Moonies were being deprogrammed, people who had been insanely devoted to Sun Myung Moon, and there were other other groups in the country and and the uh I don't know whatever whatever was covered under the ages of Jesus freaks and everything people being deprogrammed because they had basically been totally taken in by svengali like people and sold a story and the mind the, the, your mind buys in it happens a lot to younger people who are open to idealistic things, and the idealism basically gets warped and, th- and, and 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 all twisted, and you find yourself in a group environment where your entire environment basically surrounding you is completely committed to and re-emphasizing and reinforcing whatever the hell the message is of the cult or the cult leader. And it's hard to begin thinking in any rational way. The rewards of going along are constantly pumped at you. The, the, the pain of not going along is rejection and everything else. And after a while, you're stuck. Can, can, that, can that thought process be applied to tens of millions of Americans? In, in in terms of dealing with their embrace of a Republican party that is completely dissociated from its fundamentals and its fundamental beliefs and and, and again uh, I, 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 I if, if you presented it that way it, it might go nowhere. We might be back to the same question marks in the air, how did we get here? That's that's the end point of this, remember that. The end point, the way this is going in the media, is that we get to that point where question marks start floating in the air and no one's able to go any further. We throw up our hands, we shrug, we, we bemoan, we, we, there's the weeping and gnashing of teeth, the wringing of hands, and we wonder where do we go? Where will the country be? How do we change this? And, well, the thing is, there is no solution possible. Well, it'll take time. It'll take generations. But no no hope, no real hope, of giving people who currently support Donald any way out for themselves. You see, these are the people that are ultimately going to have to Get out of this. They are going to have to be deprogrammed. They are going to come, have to come away from the cult. They're going to have to find a way to, to back to someone or something resembling the republicanism and republican values as I knew them, as we've all known them, certainly growing up, that is not this, this, this warped, this mangled version of self-serving narcissistic America or me. There's gotta be a way out of that. And, 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 and these folks are gonna have to find their way out of it. So so here's what I propose. Start a conversation. Start a conversation with your, uh, with your brother, your sister, your brother-in-law, the the guy you know, one of your you know, your friend, the, the the ones who've bought in or are nearly bought in, who, who just basically know that the, that, that the, the libs and, and, the, and, and the wokes are, are a bunch of creeps, and they're no good, and they're destroying our country, and they're taking away our freedoms, and, and blah, 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 and, and have no idea what the hell they're talking about. It's certainly in that regard. But they've got all the sloganism there. They've got the sense of group grievance, and it's, it's all there. And, and say, okay, I accept your feelings about this. I'm, I'm being generous. I, I accept your feelings. Oh, thanks a lot, they say, jerk. Of course you accept my feelings because it's true. Everybody, okay, all right, right, right. Then I would go at it this way. Let's imagine we are back, the, the the upcoming debate, the first, the so-called Republican debate, which will have nothing to do with Donald Trump and he won't be there, but let's imagine we're back to 20, let's see, when would it have been? Would it have been 20, when would, it, when would the first Republican debate have taken place for the 2016 election? It would have been sometime in 2016. I, don't, I can't remember the month, I can't tell you. There were, by everyone, everyone else on that stage, right from Jeb Bush and, and Marco Rubio and the whole gang, were never Trumpers. Everybody knew what a clown he was, what a disaster, what a self-serving nut what an what a unstable personality, what a narcissist. They knew everything about the guy. They knew that he didn't give a lick about anything to do that was Republican. They know he'd been a Democrat. They know that he'd simply figured out that there was a, pl- there was a, there was a pathway within Republicanism, a, a, a track that he could find, and he had figured out where the grievance base lived. Say this to your Republican friends. Let's take it back to 2016. Let's have the debate then. What's the world like? Donald has just, well, he's coming down the escalator. But you see, we know everything about him. Everything that we know now, the three indictments... The, uh, the 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 uh, the the conviction uh, for uh, for the Eugene e- Carroll has taken place. We know of all the information. We know of everything he's done. Everything he's taken. We know all of this. We know it all. But he's not the nomination. He's not the nominee. But he's out there and he's bragging about all of this. And Jeb Bush is there. And Marco Rubio is there. And uh, who the hell else was there? Half the world, half of the Republican Party was there. And they're all getting ready for a first debate. And suddenly, it's Jeb Bush's turn to speak on the stage. He's, He's... one, I don't know if Donald's spoken already or something. They're going around. They're giving. Maybe they've they've given. Uh, everybody's had two minutes or three minutes to introduce themselves, and Jeb Bush gets up there and says, "What on earth? You are a three-time indicted. Go- Do you know the list of? Ch- How dare you? You are you are a sexual predator. You have been convicted. It's a civil case. My." God, man, and you're be, you're indicted for what on? How dare you be here? You are against every single tenet and every single uh, 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 everything that we hold dear as Republicans. The nerve of you to even be on this stage! What is your reaction, Republican? You're talking to Republicans, and you're in the audience. You're in the live audience. How Donald has done all this? It's out there. All of the indictments are out there. He's been indicted for stuff. Let's imagine it could be the indictment could be done. He didn't have to be president to do some of the crap he's done. But he's got three criminal indictments on him. He's being convicted of civil rape and he's got a ton of stuff facing him down the line, Jeb Bush calls him out exactly for what is going on with him. You're in the audience. Jeb has just finished enumerating, with as much emotion as Jeb Bush could ever gather, this, the listing of things that Donald has done. Make it even better, Chris Christie has just gone through the list. And Chris has basically, he spelled it out like a prosecutor, and he's put a little flourish in it, and it's got some emotion to it. You're in the audience. You, Republican, are in the audience listening to all this. And when Chris has finished saying it all, there is this pause, there's this shock of just realizing what he said about this guy. Maybe you weren't aware of all of it. And suddenly you realize that you have to form an opinion one way or the other about Donald. Do you boo Chris Christie for having said this? Do you say, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait. Three indictments and a fourth on the way, and a, accusa- and a and a conviction on a civil rape charge, and the guy is basically threatening. Pro- no, 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 no. That's our guy. Is remember, it's 2016. You don't. He hasn't been president yet. You just know him from his storyline. All you know is that there's three indictments. There's one more on the way coming. Doesn't matter. He didn't have to be prepped. But you know that he's about to be indicted again. You don't know all the details. But you have a four-time indicted criminally, one-time convicted civilly of, of rape, more stuff coming down the line. And Chris Christie has just called him out and laid it all out and explained how this is contrary to everything, every Republican principle there is, everything about the party, all of the, all of our history, how this is just reprehensible, that this man would take apart the system, that he does everything for himself, that the very notion of considering this guy as a president is something, we should be ashamed that he's even standing on the stage over here. We we don't know how the hell he got up there, but here he is. How do you Mr. or Mrs. or Miss Republican, respond to Chris Christie's exposition of Donald. Do you boo Chris? Do you applaud him? Do you sit silently saying, well, geez, I really need to know more. I, 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 I'm, I'm just not sure. I would suggest, and again, and I'm serious about having this conversation with people, with Republicans put it back to 2016 take Donald as you know him now exactly as you know him and put him on that first debate stage the, the, the charges would have to be slightly different but we know that he has three criminal indictments that he's facing from the Justice Department a fourth on the way from the state of Georgia that he's been convicted in a civil rape case just just take that Put him on the stage against other candidates. How do you react to him? And maybe your your Republican friend at this point says, Well, wait a minute. Do, do we know about woke? Do, does is woke already out there? Uh, do we do we realize how, how terrible libs are? And I said, and the answer is sure. Why not? Why not? Let woke be out there. Let people have found cute little ways to be uh, anti-Democrat with any kind of sloganism you want. But you still have a stage populated by like eight or ten Republicans and Donald. And what distinguishes Donald from the rest of the group more than his mouth and his hair and his overblown ego and personality and, 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 and anger and grievance uh, attempt to, you know what they've done to me? And they've, and he tried, that's what that's what you've got. And he hasn't even responded yet. He hasn't said, it's all a lie. It's All right, all right wait, 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 okay, wait, wait, wait we'll let Donald respond. Let's let Donald respond first, okay? Be, before you make up your mind, <clears throat> Donald jumps in right after he can't hold himself back anymore, jumps in over Chris Christie and starts to say, it's a lie. Everything that was said, they're out to get me. The, 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 the Justice Department is a bunch of crooks. They're a bunch of lowlives. They're out to get me. They're out. To, and he and he's starts babbling about how why the three indictments are, are 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 lies and horrible and just complete man completely manufactured and the fourth thing coming down from 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 Atlanta is a total crock of shit and none of this is real and is and they're just out to get me and I'm standing between you he points to the cameras you American people the only and I'm the and they're out for you too and I'm and everybody, by now, everyone in the audience is just sitting there, staring at him, and they realized that he's out of his effing mind. They realize this guy, wait a minute, triple indictment, fourth coming down, he's already been convicted of civil rape, He's running around screaming that there's a witch hunt out for him. They're out to get him, and I'm the only thing standing between them and you. My paranoia, my, my belief in my witch is something that you, you should share, my witch so that if you do, if you join me in my grievances and my anger and my sense of witch hunt, I now may, comp- I, I may protect you from what they're attempting to do to but you, But you must embrace me. I'm only guessing here, only guessing, the odds of people applauding Donald, the odds of people embracing Donald on stage, and taking him over the rest of the field. It's 2016. It's 2016. But Donald has all of these bad X's in the wrong boxes next to his resume. The odds of embracing him are extremely low. He's indicted 3 times, about to be indicted a fourth. He's been convicted of civil rape. He has claimed it's all a witch hunt. He is threatening the judges, he is threatening the prosecutors, he's threatening everybody who's in his way. He's running for the presidency of the United States. He's before an audience that includes evangelicals, it includes traditional Republicans, it maybe even includes a lot of people who kind of share his grievances. But Chris Christie has just gone at him and laid it out exquisitely about what a piece of crap Donald really is, and how undeserving of anyone's loyalty, much less the least of all the Republican parties, he is at this point because he's done nothing to do... My God, he was a Democrat up to a year ago. He decided to become a Republican. And there's, there's, there's a silence in the room as it's, it's deafening. No one, no one knows what to do. And suddenly Donald begins, and Donald realizes he's not getting, he's not getting the response he's looking for. And he, and he begins doubling down on his hatred of federal prosecutors. And suddenly someone in the room, maybe it's a plant, who knows, goes, yeah! And, and it's a single, yeah. And, and someone else picks it up but then, all of a sudden, there is a counter. A count, there's another sound that picks up in the room. And someone goes, boo! Boo! And suddenly, the booing begins to pick up. And the, and the, and the approval, the yes, die down very, very rapidly. And the booing just explodes. In the room, because people are actually thinking. There, there's this moment. There's a moment in time where they can still think, and Donald can't bully his way past the uh, uh, the traditionalism and the and the milk toastedness, if you will, of people who are not willing or not capable of of the bombast and bravura that he is capable of generating in a heartbeat they don't have that particular sick set of skills that can tap in to the worst fears and 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 and, and consternation and antisocial desires and anti government and anti structural underpinnings that are living somewhere in the darkest part of the Republican soul, stuff that would always be spoken against. They don't know how to tap into that. Donald does. He knows it automatically. But he does it and he attempts it. And even with all that, the reality of the, of the, uh, of the indictments... And the conviction and the recitation of what he is trying to do against, that wins the day. It's, it, he, can't, he can't throw the rest of it away. He can't make it go away. The sound in the room is boos. And ultimately, Jeb Bush gets the nomination, runs against Joe Biden... And both are seen as moderates. And the election, I'm not sure where it goes, but it's much, much closer. Hillary beat, Hillary beat them by three, 3 million votes. And she blew, she blew the Midwest state. She absolutely uh, wrote them off too quickly saying, I've got it, I, should, I don't have to put any effort here, I own these states, there's not a problem. Jeb Bush... Basically, uh, going against Hillary. Uh, she probably, she, I don't know. I'm not sure how it works. But it might be closer than, than the three million. Who will win? I don't know. What will the country be like under Jeb? Bo- I, different. What would the country be like under anyone but Donald? different that's the next question you ask your republican friends what would it be like under a jeb bush presidency ah oh, we we'd have we'd have nothing what what would you have well he'd be what he'd be afraid afraid of what afraid to to, to take down the government what and but what, what 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 would jeb bush do if he if he lost in his second attempt. Wow, he would have probably just, you know, uh, given up and and walked away. Really? You see where this would go. You see where this would go. I want people to imagine the 2016 first Republican presidential debate. I want them to place this Donald in that room with those people, with this track record, somehow he's, he's managed to put it together, it didn't require the presidency to get three indictments or four. He's going to be indicted for a fourth time. And we're at that moment, we're at that inflection point in American history where the Republican Party just is trying somehow, and yeah, Barack Obama's been president, no, we can't have that again. Colored guy. Damn it! How the hell did we put up with eight years? Never again. And Hillary is just going to be an extension of that. She's really, if you if you peel away, uh, you peel her away, you got to see what she really is underneath. Blah blah blah. Whatever. We we can't allow that again. Well, Donald sure tapped into that too. All the prejudice, all the fear, all the hatred, all of the, all of the lack of, all the insecurities, the fears, the fears, the fears tapped into all of it. But would his being thrice indicted, about to be four, convicted of civil rape, would that have turned the tide? Would that have been enough to make the booze in the room for that first that first debate? outweigh the sound of the applause that some people in that room, that, that, that people sitting there and the people sitting next to them look at them and say, yeah, three times indicted, that's great, because you hate, you hate the prosecutor. Would that have really won the day in 2016? Is it a starting point? Are we offering Republicans a starting point? for a self-examination. Can we get enough people to embrace at least the notion of that scenario and and try figuring out what changed? (laughs) Why it changed? How you go from that first debate in 2016 To the first debate in 2023, and Donald doesn't even bother showing up because he knows he'll be eviscerated. But he's got a 43 or 40, 40, yeah, 43 point lead over Ron DeSantis, and everybody else is in single digits. And this is what Republicans are applauding. In 2023, and they would have booed, they would have booed the hell out of him in 2016. If, if your friends are, are, are a little, in unser, I'm not sure how I would have reacted. And you look at them straight in the eye and you said you would have booed him off the goddamn stage. That's what you tell them. You would have booed that man off the stage. Why do you embrace him now? That's the question. Just don't answer me. Oh yeah, the Libs are, yeah, okay. Why him? Why do you embrace that man who you would've booed off the stage with with, with, with the baggage he's carrying right now? You would've booed him off the stage in 2016. Why are you embracing him now? What does he offer you? (coughs) Is this all the Republican Party has? Is this what the party has been reduced to? (coughs) This is not an answer. This is not a, a final dispositive statement of what Republicans must do or how things will change. It is the starting point of a conversation. And the conversation may end very quickly. In fact, that may be the end of the karma. Con- in fact, it's likely that'll be the end of the conversation. But get the point in their heads. You would have booed him off the stage in 2016, and now you're screaming and applauding for him. Why? Maybe that is the point you just walk away from it and say, uh, uh have another drink. Uh, uh okay, uh, I'll, yeah, I gotta get back to work. Uh, whatever. Whatever comes next. Whatever ends the conversation, why would you boo him off the stage, baggaged as he is right now in 2016, and embrace him in... You're gonna tell me you would have embraced him with all the crap he's carrying right now in 2016? You're lying, and you know it. You would have never, ever embraced that man the way he's encumbered right now in 2016. Why do you embrace it now? What has the Republican Party become? What has America become? What is missing? What are we lacking? All of us. Why would we even consider allowing something as, as filthy and, 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 and as disgusting as a Donald Trump to even come near the presidency again. Why? That's the question. I, 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 on, on, on the left, from the center, from center right to all the way to as left as you can go, the answer is simple. But it seems to be a conversation that just can't seem to get going within Republicans. Now, maybe it is going, maybe it's out there. Maybe people are already ahead of the curve on this. Maybe Republicans are already thinking all this. Maybe they're saying it to one another. Maybe we end by asking, have you discussed any of this, anything like this with other Republicans? I I realize you don't want to, you know, tell a, a woke lib about that, but have you ever thought about this? Why would you have accepted him in... In 2016, you know, why do you accept him? Why, what he is now, what, what would you have accepted this in 2016? And why would you accept it now? If you couldn't accept it in 2016, why the hell would you accept it now? He would have been anathema. He'd been hard. You, you see where this goes? You're not going to get an answer. You're not going to get a conversion. You're planting a thought. That's all I'm saying. And where it goes and, and how it matures, I don't know. But it's a simple, simple scenario. You would have never permitted this man to stay on the stage in the legally encumbered, morally decrepit form he exists now. You would have never even allowed him to stay on the stage in 2016. Why do you embrace him as the unquestionable winner with 43 points advantage at this moment in 2023? What makes this acceptable now? Anathema then, and totally embraceable now. What does it say about you? What does it say about him? What does it say about the Republicans? What does it say about America? What does it say about everyone and everything? What does it say? What are you willing to think about? Yeah, a lot of thinking would have to come after that. And you know how we handle thinking On Central Left Radio (laughs) with a little jazz. jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment. And go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant. As the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident, and as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you for being part of today's show. A little bit of a mind game, if you will. Take Donald as we know him now, put it back to 2016, the first presidential debate, or the the first candidate's debate on the Republican side. Put him on stage, introduce him as thrice indicted, about to be fourth time, let him rant and rave, and then do you embrace him as your candidate? Of course not! Republicans, ask yourself, why do you embrace him now?